Hello and welcome everyone to episode 76 of the Apt EVs podcast. I'm your host, Chris Rogers, and this week's episode will focus on the Aptera news for the period between August 21st and August 27th, 2022, which will be about Aptera, the zero emission vehicle. Hello, everyone. I hope that you all had a great week. Um, this week's episode will also be a little bit shorter, I guess, kind of like last week as we wait for the uh, eventual reveal of the Gamma prototype on September 10th. The first story of the day is going to be about, or the first story of, of, of this week's episode is going to be about a video that Aptera put out regarding its zero emission credentials. The video itself focused on basically, you know, a, a individual person's personal carbon footprint, which is the amount of greenhouse gas emissions or CO2 emissions that a person is individually responsible for over the course of a year, I guess over any period of time. And I just wanted to inject this quick aside here. While it's true that individuals can make a series of personal choices to reduce carbon emissions, choice itself is is a social construct. And so unless you were an urban planner who authorized the dismantling of the urban rail infrastructure and the development of car-friendly city development here in the United States some decades ago, you've already had numerous carbon emission reducing choices removed from your palette of options. And I know that people like to have the opportunity to contribute and do the right thing, which which I do is part of what got me interested in Aptera and a lot of subjects. But it's important to remember that if you're if you're trying to do this and you're also chastising your friends, families, neighbors, and random social media contacts for either flying on airplanes or opting for ICE vehicles, you know, that's the exact type of more narrowly focused conversation that I feel that companies like Toyota, which would prefer to sell only large SUVs and pickup trucks in the, in the United States, that they want us to be having. You know, it's better to be arguing with your close associates uh, about personal choices than to demand for large-scale changes that are needed in order to combat climate change. And I only bring this up because it's important to keep your mind on the bigger picture, like the fact that the electric power sector is 25% currently of greenhouse gas emissions in the United States. And this figure may grow if, if we don't build out our electricity capacity uh, in the correct way to accommodate the increasing levels of electrification that we're anticipating with the growth of electric vehicles. With that aside out of the way, um, allow me to dismount from my high horse and, and return to the video itself at hand. The core argument from Aptera's video is that currently the U.S. electricity grid, it's not 100% renewable. And so a lot of vehicles which are thought of as zero emission vehicles, you know, including electric vehicles, technically, you know, while they do have zero local emissions, that is at the point of operation, they're, since they're charged, depending on the fuel mix, by non-renewable sources, then they're also responsible for some greenhouse gas emissions. So they are zero emission vehicles looking at the point of, of use, but they're not zero emission vehicles when you look at the overall impact on the country itself. And this is true for, for any country. But since Aptera is able to be charged from the sun, this completely eliminates the grid-based reduction uh, of of greenhouse gas emissions for any any Aptera owner. Additionally, because the vehicle is so efficient, 
Aptari that are charged by the grid, as infrequently as that may be, they will require far less electricity than the average electric vehicle. If you put that all together, an Aptera that only charges from the sun is a true zero emission vehicle and is basically the only zero emissions vehicle. And maybe at worst, an Aptera that is charging a few times a year will occasionally be responsible for a far lower amount of greenhouse gas emissions via the fuel mix of the electricity grid than a than any other vehicle on the road including especially electric vehicles in a nutshell this video explains why i think everyone who orders an aptera should go with the the full solar package this is what's going to allow you to maximize this lack of reliance upon the electricity grid um, a quick point on that note I find it interesting that Aptera is sticking with that 40 miles of solar range estimate. That range has not changed since they revealed the vehicle, in spite of the added solar capacity and the continued development that they speak about uh, the solar cells. Currently, Lightyear, they're the other manufacturer of a, a major high-profile solar electric vehicle, they're claiming that the solar charging for their heavier, less aerodynamic vehicle is... 70 kilometers or 43 miles per day if you i will say if you read the fine print on Lightyear's website the 43 miles is based on southern spain in spring and summer which means they are going with the rosiest possible outlook from an incredibly sun-drenched region in contrast aptera with its 40 miles estimated solar range i think they're they're just they're providing a much more conservative estimate which I think is the right way to go because it will likely be closer to what the real world performance will be. There's also the interactive map on Aptera's website where you can find two things further, but it's worth keeping in mind whenever you see a comment suggesting, you know, when Aptera says, oh, you know, 40 miles of range, you never charge, you'll see some comments online where people say, well, you're never going to see that kind of range in real life or not here, not where I live in the world, but in actuality, there's going to be people in really sunny regions who are going to exceed that 40 miles of range. You know, there may be around 50 miles of solar charge on some days and even people in the cloudiest areas in the world. I mean, you can you can look at this on the map. You look at places like the the UK, which are very low levels of sun overall. If you go with the maximum solar package, Aptera is still estimating that you will get 20 miles of range, which, again, you know, that's if they're just going with their conservative estimates, that means people with the maximum solar package in places like Scotland or in Ireland, you know, they are still going to see more than probably, you know, some people will be seeing more than 20 miles a day, which is more than enough for most commutes. I mean, you, you know, there are some people who drive a lot, but I, I, I I'm blanking out of the top of my head what the average amount driven in the United States is and around the world, but it's not really that much. There's there's still an incredible amount of solar charging capacity that you'll be able to get, but only if you get the maximum solar or package, which you know I think it's I think it, it's maybe an extra nine hundred dollars for that. If you you look at the cost benefit ratio there, it just it just increasingly seems you know wild to not go with what is what ends up being one of the biggest advantages of the vehicle. Now, going back to the the bigger picture here, looking at Aptera as a zero emission vehicle, 
I really think that state and federal policymakers ought to look at vehicles like Aptera and consider ways in which they can incentivize low carbon emission development like what is being offered by Aptera. The state of California, they've already done so via their zero emission transportation manufacturing program run by the California Energy Commission, the CEC. Uh, last week, uh, a hat tip to the Aptera Owners Club. I'll, I'll include a link to that in the show notes. They did a video about this. The CEC announced proposed awards, including $21 million in a grant that will go to Aptera under the Zero Emission Transportation Manufacturing Program. Uh, looking at briefly at the scope of work for this with this grant program, I, I'm presumably the focus of Aptera's grant. Um, there are a couple of bullet points. One uh, focused on the ability to reduce California's reliance upon petroleum and another one which is focused on improving the market viability of more efficient uh, well this is vehicle I'm saying vehicle technologies it's light medium and heavy duty vehicle technologies and on that second point there's literally no other automaker in the world that is doing more to try to improve the market viability of efficient vehicle technologies uh, co-CEO Chris Anthony has mentioned this in prior interviews but there are a lot of zero emission and electric vehicle mandates and people are attempting to ban the internal combustion engine vehicle. Um, the state governments are doing this. The federal government is considering this. But right now, 2022, the existing, if you could wave a magic wand and everyone could be driving an electric vehicle tomorrow, the current electricity grid infrastructure is not ready to handle that capacity of vehicles. It wouldn't be able to charge it. It needs to undergo significant changes to support this. That is, if everyone was driving a, you know, basically your standard electric vehicle. The Aptera, however, and also the Lightyear, those are the only, I guess also to, uh, you know, I'm waiting to see an update on this from Sono Motors, but really any solar electric vehicle, those are the only electric vehicles that can operate fairly well with the current electric uh, electric grid infrastructure that you see in the United States. And so based on that alone, I think they should be targeted as vehicles that can bridge the transition to a sustainable future. You know, it's not to say that, oh, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to try to upgrade the grid at all. I, like, I don't think that should happen. But what you should do is you should say, hey, you know, there are these vehicles, especially Aptera, which is low cost, right now that would allow a lot of people to immediately reduce burdens on electricity grid reduce their fuel consumption costs and also reduce emissions and and people should be incentivized to buy those vehicles and they should be doing what they can to support companies like aptera to grow their their offerings and, and improve their production you know every you know, every Aptera, if you, I think I've seen it before, if you replace the vehicles on the road with Aptera, you know, you're, you're saving a lot um, for the country. So, you know, hopefully we'll see that, you know, more developments like that soon. Very exciting news for Aptera with their grant from, from California focusing on this and looking forward for more, I guess, uh, news stories about the low emissions future by Aptera. The last story of the day is a follow-up to the zero emissions video by Aptera. Specifically, I wanted to focus on one component in the video which talked about the electricity grid in the United States only being 20% renewable. Uh, 
because fossil fuels are still used in power plants in, in, in the United States by a majority of them, and those are used to charge EVs, there's a common misconception that internal combustion engine vehicles are comparable to EVs when you look at the lifetime emissions, and that is not correct. I'm going to include a link in the show notes, but Alka Hoekstra has a short paper comparing the greenhouse gas emissions of both internal combustion engine and electric vehicles over their lifetime, and he summarizes the most common mistakes that you'll see in purported studies that are, are showing that the the lifetime emissions of electric vehicles are actually really bad and they pollute. They underline a lot of the false statements that you'll see on news reports from people who are downplaying the environmental potential of electric vehicles, which aren't perfect, but anyone who's trying to say that they are worse than internal combustion engine vehicles does not actually understand what the data shows. To summarize, the six most common mistakes that you will see in these purported studies showing the lifetime emissions of the EVs are really bad are one, an exaggeration of the greenhouse gas emissions in battery production, two, an underestimation of the battery life uh, or lifetime, three, an assumption that the grid will not become more renewable over time, four, poor testing of the vehicle emissions, specifically uh, testing that is done by manufacturers that that just coincidentally shows that electric vehicles are actually really dirty. Five is an exclusion of fuel production emissions when looking at the total lifetime emissions of internal combustion engine vehicles. And six, uh, people will ignore the potential improvements of EVs relative to what is possible with combustion engines. The point that I'd like to focus on is the assumptions regarding the fuel mix of the electricity grid because it's, it's very relevant in places like the US where it is changing rapidly. In brief, one of the most frustrating mistakes to me personally regarding greenhouse gas emissions of electric vehicles is that people will argue that fossil fuels are still required to run the power plants and charge EVs and therefore EVs are really dirty. And this is frustrating because, you know, even in the video it, it mentioned that the the fuel mix is 20% renewable, but the fuel mix in 2022 will not be the fuel mix in, in the US in 2032. It won't be the fuel mix in 2040. And if you look at the lifetime, you know, it's not like people use an electric vehicle for one year and you should just calculate it by that and they throw it away to get another one. People drive cars for for decades. And so it's important to look at the lifetime fuel mix when you are comparing, well, what are the carbon emissions of charging from the grid? Um, and just more context on the fuel mix in the United States. This year, in 2022, 67% of new electrical generating capacity just built in the first half was wind and solar, 67%. Now, you know, 67% of the grid in the United States isn't wind or solar, but that is the trend that we're looking at. There's massive buildout of renewable energy generating capacity. Currently, the clean energy installed capacity, I've seen by some sources, it's perhaps closer to 27% than it is to the 20% that was in the Aptera video. But it's important to note that 10 years ago, the clean energy capacity in the United States was closer to 15%. So we went from 15% 10 years ago to close to 27% in 2022. It's unclear if we are maybe at the rapid part of an XS curve and that's going to slow down. You know, are we just going to stay on this linear growth where we're going to continue to add around 10% of installed capacity every 10 years or 12% of installed capacity every 10 years? 
I'm not sure if we'll do that. Maybe we're still at the slow part of an S-curve and we're, and we're actually going to rapidly transition. It, that's something that's difficult to predict, but it's something that is left out when people are saying, oh, you know, the the actual, the life cycle emissions of an electric vehicle are actually, you know, the greenhouse gas emissions, they're very high because the grid is really dirty. It, that is just completely ignoring the fact that our grid, at least in the United States and in many places around the world, is rapidly changing and so you, you have to adjust your calculations in order to see what that impact is. And the key takeaway here for Aptera owners is that with a composite vehicle that the company has stated they aspire to have a lifetime long enough that you can pass your Aptera on to your grandchildren, you know, the, the changes to the grid fuel mix are incredibly relevant when you're looking at what the actual impact will be on emissions. Because whatever you're doing in 2032, it's not, it's not going to be like what it is today. In some parts of the country, in the U.S., during certain times of the year, you're already charging. If you're, if you're using charging from the grid, you're already using 100% renewable energy during certain times of the year. People who've installed solar and, and battery storage at their homes, they're also, you know, they're charging from the grid, but, you know, they're getting it from a renewable energy source. And it's something to keep in mind when you see an article or a video or someone complaining and you're thinking, it's like, well, you know, it's unclear, you know, which one is actually better for the environment. No, no, no. That, that argument has been settled. Even if you were talking about something absurd like a Hummer EV, the lifetime greenhouse gas emissions associated with that Hummer EV are still going to be lower than they will be for an, an internal combustion engine vehicle. And that's definitely not true for Aptere, which for the most part are going to be charged, hopefully, assuming you got a, a, the full solar package, but mostly can be charged from the sun. But because of their small battery capacity and how efficient they are, even when you charge in the grid, it's going to be less. And that fuel mix is going to change over time. Check out the full article if you're interested in learning more. And also, it, I've said this before, but you know, I, if you're interested in this kind of thing, you definitely check out Alka uh, on Twitter. He spends a lot of time uh, debunking a lot of myths about electric vehicles. And that concludes episode 76 of the App EVs podcast. I hope you found this episode interesting. If you enjoy the podcast, please tell a friend so that we can continue to grow the Aptera movement. Also, my referral link is included in the show notes, which you can use for $30 off your $100 refundable deposit for an Aptera. The App EVs podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, um, and more. If you have any questions or feedback, including corrections, please send those to Podcast at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter at apt underscore EVs podcast. Um, thank you to OS50 for the song Movies, and in the words of Jeff Kanata, think about what you put out into the world, make it a better place.